Welcome back to the Ready, Set, Game podcast brought to you by Norwegian Formula Hand Cream. Neutrogena, just a dab, heals dry skin. Thanks so much for being back. This is Jake Talbert, one of your co-hosts here on the RSG, along with my great friend, Phil Addison, live from the ATL. Jake, it is so good to be back. We love the Norwegian hand cream. Doesn't get better than that. The moisturizer, the smell, the finish of it, it's always good. We're thankful for that sponsorship. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. This is episode 10. Can you believe it? We have hit double digits here on the RSG. Many thought it couldn't be done. Here we are, a couple months later, episode 10. Thanks for tuning in. Phil, we're going to get this thing rolling. You have had a mess of a morning, an absolute mess of a morning. Tell the listeners about the mess you've made this morning. Jake, it was most definitely a mess. Uh, listeners, to let you know, it is 8.30 a.m. Eastern time here, 7.30 Eastern for Jake this Friday morning, September 30th. And we got our days started hot uh, woke up this morning around 6 a.m. Eastern time to tune in to Warriors Wizards in Japan. First NBA game. I'm live here in the fourth quarter. It's Golden State 92, Washington 87 with about 50 seconds remaining. We're seeing if Moses Moody and, and company can pull off the win. James Wiseman at the free throw line right now. Uh, it's a five-point game, Jake. I'm locked in, but... As I woke up this morning to watch this game, you know, rolled around in bed and uh, my wife and I finally got up and I was tuning into the game. Uh, and as I am getting out of bed, I hear a shriek from my wife looking for the toothpaste this morning, grabbed straight into my toiletry bag and my razor cut her hand wide open, blood everywhere. We're out of Band-Aids. I scramble to Walgreens. Walgreens is closed. I got to go to the Shell station about five, five, uh, 500 feet up the road, go to the Shell, get the Band-Aids, get Isabella um, the Band-Aids she needed. Uh, and she was off to work right after that. Got a fresh cup of coffee for her, but uh, just middle of the second quarter of the Warriors-Wizards game at 6 a.m. It was a mess, Jake. Phil, there are so many things to unpack there. Unbelievable morning for you guys. I love the commitment to get up early to watch the NBA game in Japan. But, I mean, I think the biggest piece of the story here is the type of Band-Aids that the Shell Station has. We know that their quality of Band-Aids is typically much lower than others. Your your, your poor wife, um, uh, just unbelievable that that happened to her this morning. I picture you, as you said, rolling around in bed uh, and then scrambling out to go to Walgreens, <laughs> probably half awake, rolling in, sprinting to the shell, coming back, saving the day. And then I love the ad that you had at the end with a cup of coffee. Yeah, Jake, I mean, uh, <laughs> if only we could get um, a live camera shot action from a couple angles of me scrambling this morning. Something that I know the viewers would love to see, but uh, a fast and quick start. That'll wake you up in the morning, Jake. Boy, talk about waking you up. Stick your hand into the overnight bag and come out with a bloody finger. My goodness. On this end in Texas, it's been a mess of a week in the Talbert front and backyard. And let mm. me tell you why. We have got an armadillo that is just raising cane in our yard, and I am over it. I'm completely over this armadillo. Phil, I 
have tried everything I possibly can. I created a spray bottle of vinegar and water and sprayed it over the entire yard. Did not deter the guy at all. This guy's been digging up flowers. He's messed up my turf. And I look next door on both sides and the armadillo hasn't touched either of the people's yard to my right or to my left. The neighbors are untouched at this point. And so I went and got some traps, set the traps out, put some fruit, some meat in the traps. Armadillo, not interested. He was a little bit less active last night, but he was in fact in the yard last night. I can tell by the, um, by the divots in the yard. It's just tough. So it's a mess in Waco right now with the armadillo in the Talbert's yard. Thankfully, we've got a great weekend coming up and we're going to try and get rid of that guy. That armadillo is singling out the Talbert household, Jake. I mean, that is that he has motives. He does have motives. And speaking of motives, I want to find our friends. Phil, where are our friends at today? Listeners, we're moving into one of our favorite segments. Find our friends. Phil, who do you have on the radar this morning and what are they doing? Jake, as I pull up the application to find my friends on my phone, I click on Lucas Ed Hockley Magoon starting his day in Northwest Arkansas only to have his location go look. It looks like it went at the speed of light all the way to Malibu, California. Either he's time traveling or he just took the quickest flight of all time to go see his fiance, Grace Mulvaney, my former wife in the gospel skit, not in real life, Jetstream, to go see her at Pepperdine University in Malibu, California. Jake, I don't know what they're getting into this weekend. They may make their way all the way over to Los Angeles, maybe to catch the Trojans or the University of Southern California in their respectful games this weekend. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, I believe UCLA has got a game this weekend. I'm not sure who is going to be playing in the Rose Bowl this week at UCLA. Um, It's Washington. Washington, Michael Penix Jr. and company going to UCLA. Lucas at Hockley Magoon and Mulvaney, both big Michael Penix Jr. fans, so would not be surprised to see them in the game and try and get an autograph from uh, MPJ there at the game. A Friday night kick too, Jake. That's what you'll see. Pac-12 after dark on a Friday night. Anything can happen in Pasadena. Anything can happen. No doubt about that. Speaking of anything can happen, my friend Kendall Reed, I got a text from him this morning. I need to respond to that. He texted me this morning at 6 a.m. said, I'm praying for you, praying for you and your wife. Mm. Just again, the faithfulness of Kendall Reed. Kendall, thank you for that. Looks like Kendall Reed is currently at home right now. Again, we will not give a specific location, but he is somewhere between Prescott Avenue and Wycliffe Avenue in Dallas, Texas. My guess right now is that Kendall is at home. He's probably spent about 45 minutes in the Word. He has served his wife this morning faithfully, and he's about to uh, suit up for a day in the office um, with the worship initiative. That's right, Jake. You can only you can only imagine and assume that around five to six a.m., Kendall Reed was just knee deep in prayer, hiding in his closet just to spend some time with the Lord. You know how faithful he is. I I, I love that breakdown of Kendall's morning. I'm sure we'll hear from him soon. Absolutely, we'll probably hear from him and his bride Ashton Reed as well. She's a faithful listener of the podcast. Has been mentioned on here a couple times. 
Uh, Phil, last week we started something we were really excited about, and that was highlighting some national days that are taking place on this date, episode 10, Friday, September 30th, 2022. It's National Chewing Gum Day. I can't tell you the last time I put a piece of gum in my mouth. What about you? Really? Wow, Jake. I I really, I, I can't believe that. I, I used to be an avid gum chewer. I always had a big pack in my car. And I always had uh, those sticks on me, had to keep them on uh, my side. But last time I chewed a stick of gum, I actually have some here at my home. I'm looking at them right now in the drawer they lay in. And, I, you know, in college, I would say my junior, senior year of college, I was a maybe two to three stick a day guy. Yeah. And now it's gone down to maybe only twice a month. Um, yeah. It's something that either you're religious about or you're not. We have our gum chewers uh, and and then you have yourself and, and a non-gum chewer really at all. And so, um, but shout out to everyone who's chewing gum today. We want to um, just give you all a shout out. We want to honor those uh, gum chewers today for National Chewing Gum Day. 100%. Absolutely. You know, back in high school, I was the gum guy. Everyone always came up to me to my locker, would always have the stride in the pocket. Usually the the black and green package would, would just hand that stuff out. And so I really transitioned out of that, saved a lot of money in the process. Sure. But, you know, I, I think I want to give a shout out to the best gum chewer that I've ever known. And that would be Davion Mitchell. That man <laughs> chews gum like crazy. Our friend yeah. Davion Mitchell, Sacramento Kings, while playing the game of basketball, it's tremendous. Great segue into National Hot Mold Cider Day. Phil, winter's coming up. It's approaching just a few months away. Cannot wait to dive into some hot cider. Jake, you're right. And like you said, you were the gum guy in high school. I was the hot mold cider guy. Everyone came to me around this time of year for their mold cider. Got to have it hot. Got to have it ready. Always had it readily available at Harrison High School. Hot, ready, and make sure it's mold as well. That's the key. It's got to be mold. Uh, you know, another one we're excited about, National Love People Day. This one is really fun. Just a great day to love people. So be a good neighbor today. Wave at someone as you're going down the interstate. Make sure and let that person jump in front of you there uh, when they're trying to yield. Be a great neighbor. Oh, and sanitize your grocery cart at Walmart. Speaking of sanitizing, Jake, it's National Mud Pack Day. And for our listeners who don't know what National Mud Pack Day is, Jake and I have uh, dabbled in this day many a time. National Mud Pack Day. Go to your local spa and ask for that mud pack treatment. Maybe they're running some specials today at the spa, but the mud pack is a great way to wind down, exfoliate, and make sure that you are clean and sanitized for the day. 100%. Phil, I want to ask you, have you ever had the mud pack when you've been at the spa? I know you're, you know, twice a month spa guy yourself. Have you ever had the mud pack? Jake, I have personally not had the mud pack, but the only way that I think I could ever experience the mud pack is for you and I to go live on the pod, get some mud packs on at the spa, and give our breakdown of what the mud pack feels like on your face. Absolutely. While wearing an orange t-shirt because it's National Orange T-shirt Day as well. And the Tennessee Vol Nation, specifically Joey Peterson, is going crazy today because it's Orange T-shirt Day. Joey Peterson told us that he was going to be on a two-week straight sprint of wearing nothing but orange t-shirts. What right. do you think about that? That's right, Jake. You know, I've heard he has layers on layers of those orange tees. He's accumulated them over the years at the University of Tennessee from his freshman year 
to the senior year, you know, whether it's a volleyball game, soccer game, Tennessee basketball game, he's accumulated those orange t-shirts where he is going to have one on every single day. And he's going to have them in rotation as well. I think about five to six shirts a day for Peterson. And he's going to be wearing those in layers to make sure he is ready to go, especially on today, Friday, orange t-shirt day. Tennessee's got a bye week. So it, it, it it's just a buildup. Orange t-shirt after orange t-shirt. Want to make sure you get ready for the next game day come Saturday. Absolutely. That's something he's done really historically for, for the last three or four years so well is just continue to layer up with those orange t-shirts Phillips, keep kids creative week here on the RSG. We want to keep kids creative. I know that you were one of the most creative young people of all time of our generation, actually super creative kid. I was a big tinker toy guy myself, Lincoln logs, love to be creative. Phil, tell us why it's so important for kids to be creative these days. Jake, this takes me back to summer 2019 at Canica camps. There was a day that was called Fun with Phil Day, with the PH for fun, obviously. They put it on the schedule, and it was totally up to me to <laughs> come up with some sort of program and timeline to have fun with Phil with these kids. So, Jake, we go down to the lower fields you're familiar with, with Barn One, the six-year-old kids. We take them down there, Fun with Phil, learning all of the great ways to be creative, uh, and one of those actually goes right back to the mud pack. We found a puddle of mud and put it all over our bodies, put it on our face, on our hands, on our chests, and just had a mud day. And, you know, kids don't really walk by mud and they might say, oh, it's just mud. Maybe they splash around a little bit. But once you really get in that mud pack, you don't know what it's like until you experience it. You can make anything fun. They were making faces on their chests. They were throwing the mud at other people like a snowball fight. Jake, you want to keep those kids creative because they have some of the best ideas you've ever seen. No doubt. No doubt. Phil, I remember that. That was one of the most epic moments of wonder that I've seen from you. It was uh, very, very well done. Also coming off a great performance, probably the night before at the Ready, Set, Game party, which is where this whole podcast originated from, from the RSG uh, back in 2019. It is Deaf Dog Week, which we want to give a shout out, you know, faithful furry friends. The thing that we love about dogs is that no matter what happens, they are the most faithful little creatures on the planet. Whether it's sitting on your lap, whether it's fetching the ball, whether it's, you know, running up to you asking for a fresh uh, pour of water in the water bowl. But Deaf Dog Week, just want to highlight that. Won't spend too much time there. But Phil, I do think you have a word. Jake, you know, uh, we love dogs of all shapes and sizes. I actually have one of my good friends, Harry Deltak in high school. His dog, Mo, was faithful, lived to be, I think, 19 years old. And he began to become blind and deaf, um, used to run into a lot of the walls, uh, bark at the TV, but then also bark at the fireplace. And, you know, he he lived a long and faithful life, a great dog. Shout out to Mo, passed away a couple of years ago, but lived a really good life, was barking at the chimney. And that takes us right into National Chimney Safety Week, Jake. I had a chimney in my house in college. We tried to use it once or twice. And I really wish I would have known about this week because we almost sent our house ablaze. The lodge almost got caught on fire several times. Us trying to use our chimney probably hadn't been used in 40 years. The house was built in the 1960s. Um, so I don't know uh, when I will get to um, 
use a chimney next, Jake. But now that I have looked over National Chimney Safety Week and kind of gone through the rules and regulations, I'm prepared to start using the chimney again. Absolutely. And I'm glad you've done that. Anytime you look through the operating procedures of, you know, a specific element in the in the home structure, it's very helpful. It's very promising. And it prevents things from happening like your bride sticking her hand into your overnight bag and cutting her finger on the razor that's in there. We're going to segue. It's about that time to take a trip down memory lane. And we're going to hit our number three college sporting event that we have attended. I'm going to kick this one off this week, and I'm going back to the year 2011. Robert Griffin III is at the helm at quarterback. We're at Floyd Casey Stadium, historic Floyd Casey Stadium in Waco, Texas. Oklahoma, the Sooners come to town, and it's Oklahoma versus Baylor. Robert Griffin III, he at this point has uh, launched himself dead into the conversation of the Heisman race, has had a phenomenal year. Baylor has uh, excelled very highly. However, at this point, I believe they're still nine and three, uh, excuse me, eight and three. So still some work to do for the Bears. OU comes in, big offense, RG3, Baylor, we find ourselves down. Um, it's 38-38. Uh, uh, at the end of the game, uh, so we rally to tie, and then at the end of the game, we get the ball back with about 38 seconds left. We have the ball at the 30-yard line. It's a third. It's a second down. Runner uh, short to the line uh, does not meet the uh, the line to gain. So third down. Bob Stoops calls a timeout. Art Briles says we're going to dial it up. RG3 scrambles on third down. The timeout comes back to haunt. Bob Stoops, RG3, picks up the first down. Two plays later, finds Terrence Williams for a 45-yard touchdown pass in the end zone with a few seconds left to win the game. Uh, Baylor wins 45-38. We rush the field. My roommate steals RG3's towel off of his waistband, <laughs> the QB towel, and he sent it back to him later the next week because he felt bad. I don't know how he sent it back, but that's what he told me. On TV, you can see my roommate taking the towel from RG3 in the postgame, and it was just a phenomenal game. Phil, take us to your number three. Jake, my number three is a classic. We're going to Memphis, Tennessee, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl in 2016, Georgia versus TCU. Jacob Eason at quarterback, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle. An incredible game. TCU led 16-14 at half. And this was a game where it was our first trip to Memphis to visit our good friend, John Coutte. We got free tickets to the game. And little did we know, walking into the stadium, 29 degrees kickoff in Memphis, Tennessee. But they had they had $5 foot-long corn dogs. And those kept us warm and full the whole game. Ricky Wilson and I collectively probably ate 10 of those. Probably me ate Wilson two on the corn dog count. But this game was a classic. Georgia and went eight and five in Kirby Smart's first year. We had losses to Vandy and Georgia Tech at home in Athens. A tough year for Kirby to start, but finished with a big bowl win against TCU. Nick Chubb ran it in with about two and a half minutes left to ice the game, 31-23. It was a great trip to Memphis, Tennessee. Got to watch the dogs, but more importantly, got the corn dogs in our system, fueled us up, kept us warm for that entire game, Jake. 
100%. The Corn Dogs, and just a fun fact, Kenny Hill, the quarterback for TCU at the time, I don't know if you remember, Phil, but his his uh, really big party was the opening game of the 2000 and I believe 14 season in which he came out and threw for 510 yards at South Carolina. Trill in this game, Kenny Hill, also known as Trill, mm-hmm. went for a buck 46, two touchdowns in this game. He is the brother-in-law of my college roommate, Carson Lynch, is Kenny wow. Hill, which is a wild, very wild um, and, and small world. Uh, great trip down memory lane. Number three stories are phenomenal. It's time for one of our new favorite segments, the starting five, where we take the starting five of a specific category, and we're going to break that down. Phil and I will draft back and forth. We'll take our top five picks each. Last week, we went in reverse order, five to one. This week, in honor of a true draft, we're going in top order, one to five. Phil, because you are the owner of this podcast, I'm going to graciously grant you the first pick of the 2022 serial draft. That's right. We're drafting our serials, our top five. Phil, take it away. Jake, that's very kind of you. Since I'm drafting first, picking first, you will get ball first, um, of course, as respects go to the game. My first pick overall, Jake, I am taking another than CT Crunch, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, my first pick. I just think it's an elite cereal. You got you obviously have a lot of sugar, but not too much sugar. The perfect amount of sugar and cinnamon on the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. They've actually branched out to have more versions of the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It's versatile. Everyone loves it. I don't usually put milk in my bowl of cereal. I usually eat it dry, drink the milk. I've gotten a lot of flack for that over the years. But CT Crunch is one of those that I love to put in a little bit of milk and eat it with a spoonful because it's just that good in the bowl, Jake. It is, Phil. That's a great number one. I'm not surprised that you took that number one overall. I'm going to go with my number one overall. I'm glad it's still on the board, Captain Crunch. That is right. I'm taking Captain Crunch, which might have been your number two. I'm not sure, but I'm taking Captain Crunch off the board. Uh, The mix of the berries and the crunch is phenomenal. I'll take all crunch. I'll take all berries. But the mix of the two is tremendous. It's been a childhood favorite. It has withstood the test of time. I'm going Captain Crunch. Jake, you know, it might be a surprise to you and our viewers. Captain Crunch wasn't even on my list. I am not a Captain Crunch guy. It is one of my lower tier cereals. I will say I do prefer Captain Crunch berries over just the plain Captain Crunch. Wow. I am shocked by that, but I am not surprised. Phil, take us going. What's your number two pick? If you don't have Captain Crunch in your top Five. I'm I'm curious to see what what has made your your second round pick here. My number two overall pick of breakfast cereals, Jake, is Reese's Puffs. I used to eat Reese's Puffs like I was breathing air as a child. Reese's Puffs, one of my favorites. You got you almost were sneaking away with candy for breakfast. I mean Reese's Puffs, the chocolate, the peanut butter, the little balls. It's always been a classic for me. I used to eat it all the time before the third grade. I love Reese's Puffs. Reese's Puffs was in my draft room. Now they no longer are. So I'm going to remove Reese's Puffs. Phil, number two, I'm taking Lucky Charms. I think it's a great mix. As long as the ratio of charm to Lucky is good, you got to have that. But I'm taking Lucky Charms as my number two. Not an off brand. It's got to be the true Lucky Charm brand. 
Lucky Charms off the board. Jake's number two. Jake, you're not going to believe it. Lucky Charms was not on my list. <laughs> Our cereal preferences have have changed dramatically. It looks like over the years. I I think for me, it was just I never ate them as a child. Over the years, uh, whenever, you know, maybe at a hotel breakfast or at camp, may have slid a bowl of Lucky Charms under my sleeves, leaving the dining hall or leaving the hotel. But it was not a top on my list. Moving on to my third pick. I'm going to take what it looks like to be, oh man, this is a tough pick. I'm going to go Frosted Flakes with my third pick. I think Frosted Flakes, Jake, is the first one we may have agreements on. Um, Frosted Flakes for me was always a classic. I ate in college as well. Um, that's one that I love to eat dry with a, gla- a big glass of milk next to me on my side. Frosted Flakes was my number three pick that I had in the initial draft order. It is off the board And so I'm going to stay in the frosted category and I'm going frosted Cheerios. That's right. I'm going frosted Cheerios. I love the frosted Cheerios. I actually have several varieties of Cheerios in my potential draft room. It's just kind of, what do you want? Do you want the stretch four? Do you want the wing player? Do you want the slasher defensive specialist? I'm going with frosted Cheerios for their offensive prowess off the board at number three. Jake, I think that's a great pick. I actually had Honey Nut Cheerios on my board. Um, I'll take them off with respect just the Cheerios brand because truly I believe Frosted Cheerios are better than um, any of the other Cheerios. That's a great pick. My number four, Jake, I am going to choose Blueberry Frosted Mini Wheats. This is one of my favorite cereals, if not my favorite. I actually have a box with me right now at home. Went to the store yesterday to pick up some milk for my wife to make her uh, hot lattes and ice lattes here at home. And I just walked by the cereal aisle and I said, man, I haven't had some blueberry mini wheats in quite some time. That's my number four pick, Jake. Uh, I'm going to eat some right after this. I love that. That's a great, and you got to dive in. You got to dive in instantly. I'm going number four pick. This is going to be unpopular probably in most realms, except for the West Coast. I'm going Raisin Bran Crunch. (laughs) Raisin Bran Crunch. It's not Raisin Bran, but you add the crunch factor in, a little bit of granola in there. I think it's a great move. It can change up a little bit of a healthy twist, if you will, but I'm going Raisin Bran Crunch. Jake, I love that pick. A lot of people are going to give you an earful about that pick, but I've I, I think our West Coast uh, listeners and viewers, Grace Mulvaney and Lucas at Hockley Magoon, are going to love that pick. And my fifth and final pick, Jake, this one's a sleeper. This one's one that's changed over the years, but it's always remained constant and tasting good. I'm going with Tricks. Tricks cereal used to be in the shapes, fruity taste, and just crunch finish. I love Tricks cereal, Jake. Phil, that is a great final pick for you to round out your starting five. You know, you need a good center to finish, and you and you you nailed that home there. I'm going to go no center. I'm going a long um, um, guard-heavy lineup here. Phil, I'm going to trot out the Oreo O's as my number five pick. I love Oreos. It's my favorite cookie. It's Milk's favorite cookie. And you put the milk on the Oreo O's. It is a tremendous parlay when you put those two together. Jake, a story for you. Uh, in college, we went to a REI, uh, just a discount store uh, sale. Uh, we got there at 5 a.m. Um, to wait in line. We had a bunch of friends that wanted to get all their camping gear from REI. Uh, shout out to REI, another one of our sponsors. 
REI uh, was right next to a Walmart. So while we were waiting in line, me and my good friend, Nico Mejia walked over to Walmart and we bought a box of Oreo O's. And we also bought a goldfish and named him Oreo O-O-O. Waited in line at the REI with the goldfish, kept him with us all day, ate the box of Oreo O's around 6 a.m. Jake, sadly, Oreo O-O, the fish, did not make it to the end of the day. <laughs> we tried as hard as we could, um, but he was faithful and true, a great fish, a great companion. Um, but that's a great pick with the cereal with a fun story. Thank you. The story really adds it on. Had I known the story, I would have taken it at least top three. Uh, <laughs> speaking of picks, we're going to keep it going. Phil, you had a a rough week last week in the college pick home. You went four and six. I went seven and three. But I will say, to your credit, the games that you picked were all decided by a touchdown or fewer, really all of them, uh, except for one. And so tremendous job there on your picks last week. That puts us me at 23 and 17 for the season. You're at 21 and 19 for the season. Still anybody's game. Heading into week five, we've got a big slate. We're going to have to move pretty quickly through this slate. We're kicking off the big noon kickoff. A little bit bummed it's not coming to Waco, but number four, Michigan at Iowa. No question about it. I'm taking Michigan. Iowa's offense is anemic. I can't think of a better word for it. I'm taking Michigan in this one. Their offense has been cruising their defense. Not as good as it has been in years past, but it's still pretty solid. I'm taking the Wolverines by 25. Wow, Jake. I like that pick a lot. And just an honorable mention really quick, going right into athletics, I really thought you were going to take a box of Wheaties for your fifth pick. I thought you were a Wheaties guy. I thought that you may uh, have had a, a, a box of uh, Wheaties with RG3 on the cover in prior years. Just wanted to have an honorable mention shout out to Wheaties there. Um, but I do love uh, this Michigan-Iowa game. I think it's going to be closer than people think, but I do think Michigan's going to pull it out. Harbaugh and company uh, have their stuff together, it seems like. And like you said, Iowa's offense, abysmal, uh, won't be able to hang with Michigan throughout the game. Absolutely, absolutely. Phil, we're going to roll down to the land of hottie toddy. That's right. Number seven, Kentucky visits number 14, Ole Miss. Kentucky just continues to climb up the rankings. Crazy. What are you seeing here from uh, this game from Oxford? You know, Jake, Mark Stoops is high on the Kentucky football team. He has done a great job with that program. And there's been some clashing of heads between him and John Calipari. Uh, Stoops has said that the program is turning into the school more into a football school. Calipari said will always be a basketball school. There's some heat uh, in Lexington between the two programs, but I think going down to Oxford, you have the Grove, you have the hype. I don't think Ole Miss is going to get it done though. I think Kentucky just looks better defensively. I really do think that they have a better offense. I think they have a better defense. I think overall a better team. And I don't think Ole Miss is as good as people think they are. I'm taking the Wildcats, Jake. Phil, I agree with you on this one. Won't spend too much time here. I'm taking Kentucky. Will Levis on the road, big-time playmaker. He's going to get it done in Oxford. Uh, the Ole Miss just does not have what it takes on the defensive side of the football to slow down Will Levis and company. We're going to go to Fort Worth, Texas, number 18 OU, coming off a heartbreaking loss to Kansas State. Adrian Martinez, shout out. They're going to TCU this week to Fort Worth. Brent Venables on the road. That vaunted uh, OU defense that he has been building just put up some, uh, allowed some um, astronomical numbers last week. What are you seeing play out in Fort Worth this week? 
gosh, Jake, you know, TCU 3-0 and so far. This will be their first conference game. OU going into the game, already 0-1 in the conference, 3-1 overall. Dropped heavy in the rankings. I think Dylan Gabriel is good, but, I mean, my goodness, that, that Kansas State game, uh, I don't think he looked as good uh, as the former Nebraska man. Um, and so I, I, I will go out and say that this is going to be a tight game in Fort Worth. But I think that OU comes out on top. They're upset about the game last week. And I do think that um, Venables is going to get his first conference win in Fort Worth. Um, and I think that OU uh, is going to get it done there. Yeah. Phil, you know what I would have said here? I would say if they had beat K-State last week, they lose this week at TCU. If they had won that game, especially convincingly, I think they lose at TCU. But I think that Bryn Venables is the type of coach that they are not going to let this game get messed around with in Fort Worth. I think it'll stay close, but I do think Oklahoma will pull ahead later in the game. I think their experience, I think they have elite playmakers and they'll make it happen in TCU. Although I wouldn't be surprised if TCU wins, I'm going to pick OU in this one. We are going to number two Bama at number 20 Arkansas. Arkansas was three inches away from winning against Texas A&M and it would be a number two versus number eight or number nine matchup at this point. Phil, without further ado, I am taking Sam Pittman and company. I'm taking the Hogs. Mark it here on the RSG in Fayetteville. This is a big game for them. They have been looking forward to this, I would say, not just for this year, but for the last several years has been building up to this game in Fayetteville. Bama comes to town. They've shown they have flaws. Arkansas gets it done at home. Jake, we are once again in agreement. We know as the list goes on, we start to have some discrepancies, you and I, with some of these picks. But right now, I think it's safe to say you and I are in agreement of all of these games. I'm taking Hogs at home. I want to see the upset. I know those guys are furious after the loss to AM. Pittman's going to have them fired up. Saban may not even see it coming. I'm taking the Hogs by 14. Wow, a big two-touchdown win in Fayetteville. Arkansas over Bama, that pick from Mr. Addison. Phil, we're going to Waco. I'll be there live in the flesh tomorrow. It's going to be a great game. Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders and company come to visit the number 16 Baylor Bears. I'm taking Baylor in this one. We are a great home football team. I think our offense still has some work to do. Defense is growing right now, I believe, exponentially. Spencer Sanders last year threw seven interceptions against Baylor in two games, three in Stillwater, four in the Big 12 championship game. Baylor defense has his number. We get it done in Waco. Bears by 10. Jake, love that pick. I agree. Gundy and company, they're coming back in. They're pretty upset last year. A Big 12 championship loss. Talk about a game of inches uh, last week for Arkansas. An even smaller margin. A game of centimeters for Oklahoma State last year. But the Baylor defense comes through. I think the defense does it again. Going to be a close game in McLean Stadium. But I agree. The Bears get it done at home. Moving forward, we are going to hit Wake Forest at Florida State, Jake. Number 22 versus number 23. This is going to be a tight game, I feel like. Who do you have in Tallahassee? Phil, I'm taking Wake Forest in this one. Sam Hartman showed out last week. He played pound for pound, rock for rock with DJ Uyangbele of Clemson last week. I think that they're going to get it done on the road at Florida State. I don't know if Florida State's been challenged yet. Yes, they did have a game on the road, neutral game in Louisiana against LSU. But I'm taking Wake Forest in this one. Sam Hartman, uh, give me the Demon Deacons. Jake, an undefeated Florida State team. First time 4-0, I think, since our guy Jameis Winston in 2014. ESPN's giving 
Florida State a 73.5% chance to win this game in Tallahassee. I like those odds. I'm going Seminoles, doing the Seminole chop right now. Shout out to the Braves. I mean, good night. I think Florida State gets it done at home in Tallahassee. Dope Campbell Stadium is going to be rocking for this 3.30 Eastern kick. Hopefully, weather pending is not going to make this a messy game, but I'm taking the Knolls at home. Good pick. Good pick. 17 A&M at Mississippi State. I'm taking Will Rogers. He's going to throw for 400 plus Mississippi State for me. Jake, I'm going to go A&M on the road. They're coming hot, off hot with a win against Arkansas and Arlington. I'm going with Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies. Moving forward, we're going to head to Auburn and Jordan-Hare Stadium. Auburn came off a, <laughs> I mean, some might say a bone-crushing win, keeping Brian Harson and company in Auburn. Jake, I was there with my good friend Adam Rose, cheering for the Tigers on the other end for Missouri. Didn't go the Tigers' way. Missouri lost that game about three times during the game, Jake. Uh, I'm going to go LSU here. I think Brian Kelly going to get back on his feet with a win in Jordan-Hare. I also agree. I'm taking LSU, Brian Kelly and company. They get it done on the road. Auburn has been unimpressive to me thus far, and I don't think they're going to show any improvement in this game. I'm taking LSU. An intriguing game, college game day. The crew will be on site in Clemson, South Carolina, number 10 NC State at number five Clemson. I've watched both of these teams play in depth this year. I'm taking Clemson at home. The defense struggled last week. It was against a good Wake Forest offense. The best Clemson's offense has looked since Trevor Lawrence was at the helm. I'm taking Clemson at home. Shout out, Barn 2. Give me the Wolfpack, Jake. I like NC State running into Clemson. Number 10 in the country. They're hot right now. I like them against Dabo's team. I'm going to take NC State and the Wolfpack, Jake. I like that. I like that. Last game, West Virginia, JT Daniels at Texas, Hudson Card. Texas at home, much better team than on the road. They're going to bounce back this week. I'm taking Texas against West Virginia. Can't bet against my guy, Daniels, Jake. I'm going Mountaineers on the road. I think JT Daniels and company are going to get it done in Austin, Jake. Who is your upset pick of the week? My upset pick of the week this week. We love them. They're our team on the RSG. I'm taking Oregon State over Utah in Utah. <laughs> it's the 1 p.m. kickoff. The Beavers over the Utes on the Pac-12 network at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Give me the Beavers. Jake, I love that pick. I'm going to a Friday night game we mentioned earlier. I'm taking UCLA at home. Their attendance has been down, but their numbers are going to be up against Washington. I'm taking the Bruins at home in Pasadena. That's right. That's right. A great slate on the RSG. We'll be back next time. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, this is the RSG. Check you next time.